It's time to get your hockey fix. This is Brave the Wild with your host, Paladino Joey, the leader of Minnesota wild hockey here on thesportstuff.com. Hello again, hockey fans. Are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey? We are back again to talk some hockey. A okay week for the Minnesota Wild. Not bad. Not bad at all. We got some guys on the mend. Neil Natog Thiesing, my co-host, is also on the mend a bit. So keep him in your thoughts and prayers. He's doing significantly better. Hopefully we'll get him back on the air again very soon. It would be terrific indeed. We'd like to have him in studio better than over the phone, though. It, it just sounds better, but hey, we do what we can. Alright, so yes, Brave the Wild, we're trying to continue to improve the product, as always, which you hopefully are noticing. And the Minnesota Wild's product has been improving. In general, they have been doing okay. Um, well, the final game on last show, the Minnesota Wild shut out the Nashville Predators with Darcy Comfort and Nat. It's like, oh my god, things looking great. Now we have an easy schedule. you got Ottawa coming to the X. Edmonton coming to the X and Dallas, all home games for the Minnesota Wild, a chance to really, really build things up. Well, the Wild win two out of three. I picked them to go 3-0, and and yeah, it's the first one that was a complete shocker. Well, <laughs> the Wild just came out flat as all get out in a 3 nothing loss to the Ottawa Senators on Tuesday, January the 14th. That's right, 3 to nothing loss. All there really is to say about this game is the Wild barely even tried, it seemed like. It's like they were just completely off their game from the get-go. Ottawa did what they needed to. They scored three goals. Uh, Not the most familiar names. Well, I suppose some of them are. (laughs) I shouldn't say that. The first line did score early for Ottawa. The three goals were scored by Clark MacArthur, Eric Condra, and the unassisted goal in the third period, and Kyle Turris with his 13th goal of the season late in the third. That one was not unassisted, but or excuse me, was not empty net or anything, but it was the nail in the coffin for the Wild. Uh, it was just like, well, we thought, my, all the weak start by the Wild, just not, just sleepy start, not doing jack squat against this Ottawa Senators club. Yet the Wild only trailed one nothing after two periods because obviously the second period, nothing happened. It was a very, very uninspired period for the Minnesota Wild. Darcy Kemper made some nice saves, though. He uh, really did what he could. And he's been the starting goalie for a while now. It's just, it's just crazy how things how the Wild continue to patch the holes with with goalies because of injuries to Nicholas Backstrom and obviously horrible or poor play by Backstrom. And it's like, okay, Josh Harding's in there for now. And then, oh, well, now we can't take Harding out because he's fantastic. Harding has injuries. Then he gets sick with MS after, after being fantastic, obviously. Backstrom's okay, but then Backstrom suffers some weird injuries, like abdominal injury and such, and warm-ups. It's just classic Backstrom there. And then it's like, oh no, Darcy Comfort. And really, ever since he went into that L.A. game, he's been utterly fantastic as well. In this game, giving up three goals, it's like, well, eh, I guess it's like, it happens. Um, I'm not mad at him for this game. I'm mad at the uh, the skaters. I'm mad at the, the regular, the overall play of the rest of the guys out there who just 
came out sleepy and it made no sense. Like you just beat Nashville for nothing. I don't know if they were a little bit cocky or what the deal is. I mean, they pretty much got caught off guard in this one. Not all much I really want to say about it. It was just a boring, crappy game for the Wild. They managed to get 27 shots on goal, but of course we're shut out by Robin Leonard. Not the best goalie in the world, but I guess one of <laughs> I guess he's playing better than the others right now for Ottawa. That's for sure. Uh, overall, though, as said, as mentioned, just not nothing really exciting about this one. The second line had the best chance: the Nino Niederreiter, Pominville, and Granlin line. One of the you know just a great line for the Wild. Always love it. The line that has been playing well for a while now is the one with Coyle, Heatley, and Sucker. <clears throat> Those guys have been playing very well as of late. Um, it's been an ongoing thing too. I mean, Heatley's really kind of found a new. Heatley's really found a new, uh, some new blood in him of late. It's been really nice to see. He's been setting up uh, Charlie Coyle and Zucker very well of late. But of course, in this game, overall, just I think the second line outplayed everybody in this one. I mean, Coyle, Heatley, Zucker, none of them really uh, mustered all that much <laughs> in this one. Uh, four shots on goal overall for that line. Kind of disappointing, whereas that second line got about six shots on goal. Okay, more than that. They got like, uh, <laughs> yeah, they got, uh, they got nine shots on goal. So yeah, obviously they put a lot more pressure on the Ottawa goaltender, Robin Lair, uh, excuse me, Leonard. So, oh well, I guess this is just one of those it happens types of games because once in a while your team is going to come out flat. And of course, this was the case. The good news is, though, the Wild take care of business against Edmonton a couple nights later, Thursday, January the 16th, a 4-1 to victory, a very easy-going win for the Minnesota Wild. I gotta, I gotta say, it was very cool. And it's like I used to say in the past, well, when your engine's, when your engine's struggling a bit, it needs some oil, and well, there it is, the Edmonton Oilers. You know, you, your, your engine needs a little bit of help, it needs a little new oil, and yes, the Wild with an, <coughs> pardon the pun, oil change with the <laughs> Edmonton Oilers. And that second line, imagine that. Mikhail Granlund, Jason Pominville leading the way again in this one. Two of the three stars. Nate Prosser, who has been getting more more ice time of late. He's been stepping up. It has been very cool to see. Fontaine, Brozniak, and Cook, the third line, also a part of a goal in this one. Marco Scandella's quietly been racking up the assists of late, and that has been nice to see. I've been talking about Marco Scandella a lot lately. He was a part of some of the defensive lapses when the Wild were playing poorly, but he has been playing significantly better. Um, the theme of this hockey team, since a lot of the big stars have been out, the Koivus, the Parisis and such, have really, <laughs> the, the young guys have really been showing they belong of late. And Zucker obviously forming nice chemistry on that first line as well with Coyle and Heatley. Those guys have been playing really well together, and they did it again. And Danny Heatley with another... Nice pass, this time to Jason Zucker, not Charlie Coyle. And Coyle's numbers continue to be, continue to pick up the pace a bit as well. It has been extremely exciting to see Charlie Coyle's numbers starting to show. He's starting to show signs because for the longest time, when he, well, when he first came back, it seemed like he'd lost a step and it's like, okay, it happens. Obviously, when a guy's hurt, he's not going to go out there guns a-blazing. But then it's like, okay, it's like... When, when is he going to start scoring? What the hell? He's like 40 games and he's still at 14 points. Come on, what is going on here? It's like he's not a part of anything. He's, he gets a point maybe like once a week if he's lucky. 
this is getting kind of ridiculous. And then now, all of a sudden, but yeah, see, after a while, it's like you were seeing signs like, okay, he's, well, he's, his overall hockey, his offensive awareness, his puck control, his ability to get to the puck, fight for it, win little battle, win all the little battles, continuing to increase. And it's like, that's the Charlie Coyle we know, but he's still not scoring. And now he's factoring in the offense more and more. And this, well, we'll call it this cute little first line is doing a good job. And Danny Heatley is uh, really showing some leadership here without having to be a star. But he has he, he he's carving out a niche right now for a guy that looked like he was a lost cause, pretty much. Like he was done for most of the year here. Starting to carve out a niche. Because when you get older and your physical limitations start to take over, you have to carve out a niche, and Heatley's starting to do that. And believe it or not, it's setting up other guys. And yes, he has been scoring because his hands will always be there, but... When you're able to set up other players, these these young guys, and, and lead them the way he has been, it's been extremely impressive. Um, Justin Fontaine also, his 12th goal of the year in an impressive fashion in this one. <laughs> Very nice attack in the net. Good setup by Braziak and Cook in this one. Obviously a uh, shot on goal and a rebound and such with this. That's pretty much Fontaine, what, what he does. Nate Prosser with his first goal of the year, his first of... But there will be another one coming up soon. Uh, Prosser, yeah, been factoring in a bit. A nice, really nice pass by Pominville on that one. <laughs> Very cool to see Nate Prosser score. <laughs> it's a Elk River zone, of course. Undrafted rookie, or un, not, not rookie, undrafted free agent. He's not a rookie anymore. This is actually his third year in the league, believe it or not. But um, another one of those nice finds by Doug Risebro. Obviously a local guy. People know who he is, but... You know, it's one thing if you know who he is, but it's also you sign him because you know he can help. He can be a factor on this team, and Prosser's been that. Prosser's been helpful. Um, the more it's like, the more you look at the production of these young guys, the better Chuck Fletcher looks. I mean, it's it's outstanding. Another uh, obviously undrafted free agent, Justin Fontaine out of college, just fantastic. He looks like he's got a chance to be a twenty-five goal scorer in this league. Even if he plays in the third line, he has a legit chance to be that type of guy. Maybe even 30. Maybe. That might be a little bit of a stretch, but we'll see. Um, obviously, good draft picks down the line here. I mean, Zucker's obviously a second rounder. He's he was, He's been slow to go, but still, he's only 21, and he scores when he's in there. I mean, it's a good sign, and when he's forming chemistry with his teammates, that's a really good sign to see him starting to put the puck in the net. He's starting to gain a little bit more guts attacking the net that he had last year and in years past without making dumb mistakes. Very encouraging as well. And you get guys like Eric Halla, just really solid player. Not not fantastic, but hey, for a fourth-line center, which is what he is right now, he, he could become a third-liner in the not-too-distant future. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow with this team. Um, and obviously, I think he's going to continue to develop. He's succeeded... He's, a, he's exceeded expectations in the past. I think he will again. Same with Justin Fontaine. Guys like that, I've really, really have a chance to be nice glue guys for this club for, for many years to come. And I'm very excited for the, for the future of this team. And when you see signs like this, <laughs> I mean, when you see signs like this, when the big guys, the big guns go out, it's very, very cool. Speaking of the big guns being out, uh, Zach Greasy has been skating. That's very good news, so he should be back fairly soon. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how the lines pair up. When you listen to shows like Beyond the Pond, locally on KFAN, it's like, you know, that's obviously Saturday's show, but um, uh, 
you know, you hear all these interesting thoughts where let's let's split up Parisi and Koivu, and I'm not against that at all. I believe one of their ideas was, uh, what was it, Grandland actually on the first line with Pominville and Parisi. That would be quite a quite a line. Um, it, it gets interesting. Like, where do you want to put Koivu then? <laughs> Coil Coil is showing that he can be a center now, and that's also very cool. Because obviously a lot of his strugglings were, well, yeah, I mean, when he was playing center after the injury, it's like, this guy is not really that good of a center yet. He will be, but he's not there yet. I think he is there now, um, believe it or not. I, he, he Because his production has been up now that he's been back at center again. It's... It's been very cool. Um, Coyle would probably center a second line in their case, but then they, they were getting confused at that. But the main idea was the whole thought of maybe Granlin with Parisi and Pominville. Maybe. Um, I'd say leave them. <laughs> Me, personally, I say keep them... I say keep the Niederreiter, uh, Pominville, and Granlin line together, even though they hadn't been scoring all too much of late. I think that chemistry will will return. Um, but say if if Granlin with Koivu, or excuse me, Granlin with Koivu, yeah, right. Granlin with uh, uh, Parisi could get could get uh, could help Parisi's numbers improve. Wow, that would be quite something indeed. Then you really got something cooking. But I have no idea what to what to make of it. I think it could happen. Um, but then obviously the ultimate question is where does Koivu go? Does he go to the third line? Because the last time Mike Yo put Koivu at the third line, it lasted one game. So something internally took place. I don't know if Koivu was like never again, or the owner was like never again, or if Mike Yo just didn't like it. I'm I'm guessing as Koivu had something to say about it. <laughs> um, Koivu seems like the type that he would uh, have something to say about it. Uh, he's not. He doesn't strike you as the kind of guy that wants to be um, pushed down from the first line. He doesn't give me that impression. Maybe, maybe the second line, but the third, I don't know. And of course, the BS of oh well, it's just it's just a line. It's not the first line or the second line. It's uh, you know, it's just a line. <laughs> you know, I don't think so. Third line is third line. <laughs> when you look at the personnel, you know who's the top line and who's second and who's third. You you just know. So, yes, uh, let's move on to the Dallas game, Hockey Day, Minnesota. And I'm gonna say this. No offense to anybody. Now this is Saturday, January 18th, by the way. Hockey Day, Minnesota. No offense to anybody. But I'm not big on I'm not a big high school sports fan, so I didn't really get all too into all that. Even though the whole outside hockey thing I think is kick ass. Uh, college hockey uh, I think is a, is is something I can watch more than high school. Now, if there is a single high school sport I would prefer to watch out of all the all four, I'm, I'm not even including soccer because I just no I wouldn't watch I don't like soccer at any level. I just don't I just I'm just not into it. Um, but high school football, no way. High school baseball, eh, maybe. Basketball, eh. hot, hot, hockey to me is the most entertaining high school sport. Uh, college up there as well. So that's the thing. I'm not really into kids sports, but yeah, uh, if there is a kids sport, I'd prefer to watch it be hockey. So there you go. <laughs> I got that out. Apologize if I'm running that too long. But quite the Minnesota day indeed. We didn't exactly kick Dallas's ass. But we were able to win it without having to go to a shootout. But we did surrender a point to Dallas. Um, luckily, the Stars suddenly further behind than they were not too long ago. I mean, we were tied with them. Was it two episodes ago? So <laughs> we were tied with the Dallas Stars. Remember how upset I was on that show when I called for Mike Yo's job? <laughs> yeah, I called for Mike Yo's job on that show. And uh, because 
it had been two years in a row. The Wilds start the swan dive, and it's like the swan, they, they never come out of it. And it's another crappy season. Maybe a, maybe they get lucky and sneak into the playoffs like they did last year, um, which I think maybe they would. Where this year, it's like they've more than recovered from the swan dive this time. They're they're back to eight games over five hundred, which is fantastic. And that also includes five overtime losses, overtime slash shootout losses. The, uh, the Dallas Stars suffer their eighth overtime slash shootout loss of the year so that can't be good for them <laughs> frustration indeed um, lots of unlikely heroes and obviously Minnesota ties all around the only guy who was not a Minnesota tie was the outstanding the now outstanding goaltender Darcy Kumpfer yeah Kumper. I keep calling him Kumpfer I'm getting it mixed up with Stephen Kampfer sorry about that Minnesota Wild the defense or excuse me Iowa Wild defenseman from the uh, um Zanin trade, uh, excuse me, Zanin trade, Zanin trade, a couple years back with the Boston Bruins. Two years ago, Zanin, yes, the defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty much Minnesota all around here. Eric Halla scoring very early. <laughs> a nice a nice uh, steal, and he tacked the net and scored unassisted early on. His first goal in the NHL, he has two assists to go along with it so far. And is it 10 games, uh, 10, 11 games now with the Wild as their fourth line center? Really been, uh, really been pleased with uh, Eric Halla. And see, there it is. There's another pick. Obviously, 17 games, excuse me. So, quite a few games. Of that. Not, not a lot of points yet, but he has a lot of that it factor that I think can keep him in this league for a while. And obviously, he's just getting started as a National Hockey League player. And to, to, to get what you're getting out of him from a seventh rounder this early on. Very encouraging. So, yes, uh, Minnesota connections all over, as I keep repeating. Eric Halla, former gopher. Wasn't born in the USA or anything, but yes, former gopher. And did did uh, grow up here. Not born here, but grow up here, luckily. Mo- mostly grow up here uh, in Minnesota. So there you go. Eric Halla, that's a Minnesota tie. tie yep, tie to Minnesota. Ryan Gobot scoring. Giving us a little frustration, frustrating feeling like, oh boy, Dallas is right back in this thing midway through the second period. But then Ryan Suter very quickly with a nice shot. Kind of like a change-up <laughs> in baseball because it's like, it was just timed perfectly without, it wasn't a blast. It was just timed perfectly. Scoring scoring with the fourth liners out there, him and Brodeen's <laughs> being a part of this one with Tori Mitchell a wonderful little slap shot that was put in the right spot. Not, uh, it was, it was a, it wasn't a slap shot. It was a wrister from from way out actually, and it was timed and placed perfectly. And that's who Ryan Suter is. <laughs> if he was a pitcher in baseball, he would have one hell of a changeup, and that's basically what that was—just perfectly placed, perfectly timed. And yes, sir, he beat Lettinen of the Dallas Stars. Then the Stars tie it up midway through the third period, and it's like, ah, great. And it's like, no, now here we go. Are we going to blow this thing? Alex Chan, uh, excuse me, Alex Chanson scoring. Alex Goligoski, there's another Minnesota tie with the Gophers. Tyler Sagan, a part of that one, on the power play. And it looked like, oh, boy, I pray to God that Dallas doesn't score because it was in the Minnesota zone pretty much all of the rest of the third period. I was scared to death. The few chances the Wild got were pretty futile. Not all too exciting, which did not <laughs> give me any impression that the Wild were going to win this thing in any overtime because the Wild seem to never finish off games in overtime. You always end up having to go to the shootout. You always have like third and fourth liners out there to try to 
just play defense and prevent the puck from going in the net, and it gets frustrating. And the big guns go out there, and they can't finish for whatever reason. But there we go. <laughs> yeah, uh, Niederreiter was with Coyle because obviously four on four in this one. Wild did try to score in this one, and they set up Nate Prosser nicely. They started attacking the Dallas goaltender, obviously the Dallas net. And boy, setting up Nate Prosser for that second goal, I couldn't believe it. Just couldn't believe it. An overtime win, and it's like, here we go. Perfect ending, obviously, like they like to say. <laughs> All over the place, they kind of overblew it, but hey, it was a perfect ending to Hockey Minnesota, a guy who played high school hockey for Elk River for, for you know, the usual three years or so. <laughs> Got it done. Second goal of the season, and Nate Prosser continuing to show signs that he uh, belongs at the NHL level. And he has hung on most of the way. Scratched, scratched at times, but I think a worthy NHL defenseman. Not a great player, but a, but a gritty player. A guy who belongs in this league, I think. Uh, maybe on a limited basis, but hey, you know. A lot like Eric Halla, I guess, at this point in time. <laughs> Prosser's a little older. About the, Well, actually, they're about the same age. Very close, but Prosser a little older. Um, nice finish by him, and... A uh, nice ending to a, to a solid week for the Wild. A nice recovery after a horrible, pitiful start with the Ottawa Senators on Tuesday last week. It was quite, uh, that was quite a quite a scare, a scare for us here in Wild Country, thinking that here we go again, the swan dive is coming right back because this team has lost it. They are on a nice run when they lost it, but luckily, just a bad game and back come the Wild. So with that, we're going to take a break. And we're going to check out next week. We're going to preview to see how things head for this Minnesota Wild team on their now new two-game winning streak. Do you shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. We are going Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Brave the Wild on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and Blackberry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Brave the Wild. Welcome back to the show. It is the preview segment. So we are going to split the show into three segments now. Going to have a little added bits here. Trying to improve the product. Obviously, yeah, the preview segment is segment number two. Segment number three, we're going to have the North Stars memory. That's going to come back now. We're going to bring that back permanently. And then a brief check-in with the Iowa Wild, the prospects and such down there. So, there we go. On to the previews here. Tuesday, January 21st, the Wild head to Dallas. So, here we go. That's the home-and-home thing. The Wild are 1-0 in this one. (laughs) Dallas Stars getting at least a point out of it, though. This is going to be an interesting game. I think the Wild do match up well against Dallas, and it's about doggone time that we did. (laughs) Expect to see Darcy Cumber back in net yet again. 
Will Zach Parisi make his return? Maybe. It's like, probably not, but maybe. I think he's due pretty soon. There's been no word on that yet, but again, don't be all too surprised either way in this one. Dallas Stars are what they are. They're two games above 500. Would be out of the postseason for like the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th year in a row now. <laughs> They've been out of the playoffs for a while, guys. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, I do think the Wild can continue their streak right now. Very confident with Darcy Comfer. Hopefully we can see a little more scoring this time around. Hopefully we don't have to force uh, overtime. Hope, or yeah, I don't have to go to overtime, only scoring two goals. And I do think the Wild do pull this one off. We're going to go with 3-2 to two in this one. I, I was thinking about 4-2, to two, but it's like, eh, I don't know. It's it's on the road. The, the, the Wild do have a horrible record in Dallas. I almost have half a mind to pick a loss because of that. But I'm liking the way the Wild are playing right now. And the Dallas Stars really not playing well right now, quite frankly. Um, so really, I was disappointed that the, the Wild could not almost call them the Stars. <laughs> Still stuck in the past here. Um, I, I was a little surprised the Wild didn't get a little bit more going in that game. Um, you, had all, you had unsung heroes scoring all the goals, pretty much. With the exception of, uh, obviously, Suter. Well, he's only got six goals on the year. He's not supposed to be scoring, yet he's doing it now, which is nice. He could probably be the best goal-scoring... Uh, defenseman in the league. No, no, he, he could be with the, with, the, with the type of shot he has. Uh, obviously, this, the Stars are talented for the most part. Kari Lettinen is, is not a bad goalie. I mean, obviously, he, he did fairly well against the Wild the other night. Tyler Sagan, obviously legit. 45 points so far this year in 46 games. He's like an 80-point type of guy. Jamie Ben obviously, has been a scorer this year as well. It's a, it, it's a strong duo, they're not necessarily like the biggest household names, necessarily, <laughs> we'll say, but they are pretty good. So, the Stars will provide an, uh, the Stars will provide somewhat of a, a threat for the Wild in this one. I mean, really, it's the past history that scares me a little bit, but again, I, yeah, I'm going to go 3-2 Wild for the sake of moving on here. I don't want to blab too much. And yes, to be, to be honest, again, is was a number two overall pick in the NHL, but again, I'm just saying he's not necessarily at the top of everyone's uh, everyone's list when it comes to the NHL. It's probably because of where he's playing and because of, uh, well, yeah, I mean, the Stars aren't doing that good right now, so and they haven't for a while. We'll see what happens, though. Uh, he he will be an all-star for years to come. You can you can see that coming for, with from out of him. Pardon me. Hopefully, hopefully the Wild do snap all that. As we now try to slide forward here to, so boy, this is when the schedule gets pretty meaty. <laughs> we got two more games to preview. Chicago Blackhawks come to XL Energy Center. Can I pick a win in this one? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, so far this year, no, the Wild have won one game this year. Actually, they've won two, believe it or not. The Wild did beat Chicago back on October the 26th, 5-3, and they beat the Blackhawks 4-3. to Thursday, December the 5th, but they 5-1 to one crush. <laughs> the, the Wild actually have won in Chicago this year, which is crazy. Um, and the, they were crushed on October 28th, just a couple days after that Saturday game. 5-1 to one by the Blackhawks. So it was definitely a reality check. Um, I think it'll be a... I think this will be a high-scoring game. I, I wouldn't be too surprised if this is when Zach Parisi is back. Though that may be a good or a bad thing because the Lions could get shuffled up and I'm not sure I want the Lions to get shuffled up. That's the problem. Um, 
it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough transition. Maybe you don't want to bring Zach back for this one. <laughs> uh, either way, I'm going to I'm going to try to go the safe route. Even though the Wild are up two games to one in this five game series between the two, I'm going to go with a four to three loss to the Blackhawks. And I'm sorry to say, but obviously this team is so good right now. I, I mean, the Blackhawks have been just amazing for the longest time now. And what what are you going to do about it, right? Uh, they're not necessarily on the hottest streak, yet at the same time, they're still first place in the Central Division. They're not playing quite as good as Anaheim, who'd won like nine games in a row at one point. Now they're four games ahead of Chicago for the number one seed in all of hockey, and of course the Western Conference. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm just not ready to pick a win against the Blackhawks. If, the, if they pull off a victory, fantastic. But again, yeah, it, it's just it's too good to be true. I hope the Wild can win. Luckily, the Wild did pull the long straw out of the out of the hat this time around, at least this year, with three home games out of the five in this new schedule. So hopefully we can take advantage of it and get a win here. We'll officially have won the season series of the Blackhawks. But again, really, really far-fetched to see that happening at this point in time. I just don't see it. I hope so. <laughs> and then the Shark Tank, that's the crappy part. This is where things get, yeah, they've been dicey forever. The Wild never win in San Jose. Saturday, the 25th of January, the Wild head into the Shark Tank. Oh, goody. Don't you just love this series? I certainly don't. Um, the Wild have won against San Jose and lost so far this year. In fact, 3-1 to one, both times. The Wild defeat the, the Sharks on December 8th in the X. But then in the Shark Tank, they lose 3-1 to one on December 12th, just four days later. It's weird, though. When you play these teams, they just kind of tend to... <laughs> they just kind of tend to... Um, just, you, you play the same team again right away, it seems like. Now, of course, the division, they're not a division rival, so we only play them three times a year. So that's how things have switched up over the, uh, this new schedule. It's interesting, want to build, wanting to build rivalries and such, but you keep at least you play your Western Conference teams three times. Wild win this, they win the series. But I don't know if I can see that happening, even though um, I, I don't want to call the Sharks a great team, yet they are extremely good. I mean, they're 31-12-6. I mean, you can't say they're bad. Second place in that ex- excellent Pacific Division. I mean, they're pretty gosh darn good. <laughs> so... It's like, what do you do? Can I pick a win in San Jose? No, which really sucks because that would mean, if I'm correct this week, the Wild would go 1-2. and two. That doesn't sound as optimistic as I thought. <laughs> but, I mean, look at their lineup. I mean, you got Joe Thornton, you got Pavlovsky, you got Patrick Marlowe. I mean, Logan Coutier is, is doing really well. You got Thomas Hurdle, the, the clown. No, I won't call him a clown. I mean, the, uh, yeah, I know, whatever. The Isaiah Ryder of hockey with his between-the-legs goal. <laughs> Isaiah Ryder. <laughs> Uh, Brent Burns with 28 points. He's only played 36 games due to his off-and-on off injury situation. That he's, it's, just, it's just Brent Burns in a nutshell there, but extremely productive. Obviously, he switched to forward again, which is kind of crazy. Brent Burns is one of the more one of the strangest players in the league, um, but he's extremely productive. He really is. He's a, he's a perfect fit for the San Jose Sharks. And that's about all you can say about that. I just think there's too much firepower, and again, past history is just, it's been way too, way too over the top between the Stars and the Wild. They never win in the Shark Tank, and they won't. So, we're going to go with a, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, I, I don't want to pick a ton of goals against the Wild, and I, I'm going to go 3-2, to two, even though I might as well go 3-1, to one, but I'll go 3-2. Wild managed to get two goals against San Jose, and that's it, unfortunately. 
and Team Niemi having a very, very good year. Save percentage almost 94%. Goals against average not all, uh, you know, not not superstar level, 2.4, but um, overall, save percentage is off the charts for Mr. Niemi. Or, excuse me, that's just Alex Starlock. That's the backup that's got the top save percentage. I'm like, what the hell? That seems too high. Yeah. Anti Niemi is 91. So, still. He's not an all star, but the Sharks score like crazy. So, we'll go 3 to 2 San Jose in this one. I do apologize for the negative uh, predictions this time around, but, you know, it's an ebb and flow. It's how the season goes. When you see San Jose and Chicago out of three games, I can't really go with. I, I can't go with a winning week. Not yet. If they do it, great. So with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we will see the return of the North Star's memory. Contact us and support Brave the Wild by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And we are back here on Brave the Wild. There you go. So <laughs> we had a very, very <laughs> intense line brawl between the Calgary Flames and the Vancouver Canucks this past week. And, of course, the suspensions have been passed out. (laughs) Tortorella, our favorite coach in the world, getting, was it a 15-day suspension, six games overall. The Calgary coach, of course, the bad guy in this one, obviously putting out his fourth line ready to take on the Vancouver top line to try to beat them up. And, of course, Tortorella responds with putting his fourth liners out there. This is obviously the opening face off of the game, and bam, it's five on five, fight, 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 rock and roll. So, in light of this, in the light of this top story in the NHL, we're going to go, we're going to have, I came up with a perfect memory for this show. February 26, 1981, Minnesota North Stars versus the Boston Bruins. Yeah, ah, there were 84 penalties in this game, 400 and six penalty minutes. 406 penalty minutes in one game. The North Stars had entered the game with a 0-27-7 record, and back then that third thing was ties. But, uh, of course, that wasn't that long ago that ties still exist. But, yep, their record was 0-27-7 in Boston, and their approach to this game was to beat the, <laughs> the Boston Bruins into submission. The Wild, excuse me, the Wild. The North Stars ended up losing 5-1 to to the Bruins, unfortunately. But the story is, seven seconds into the contest, two fights broke out, and from there, the melee ensued. It just went on and on. Eight minutes, folks. For eight minutes, there were fights, bench-clearing brawls. It was one of the most entertaining. In fact, it was the most entertaining fight in the history of hockey. I gotta think, it was insane. Seven North Stars rejected. Oh, man. It was, uh... <laughs> it was quite something. The North Stars were basically what the, with the, uh... Calgary Flames were going into this one. Unfortunately, the North Stars, it didn't work out for them. They didn't come out looking too good. Luckily, though, later on that season, the North Stars did go on to the Stanley Cup Finals, of course, as we know. Did not win the division. They won the division next year. I remember that was a North Stars memory a while ago. The North Stars did win the division in 82, but unfortunately, that did not pay off. They (laughs) They ended up losing pretty early that season. So, um, it was quite a, quite a mess. Quite a melee. It was quite entertaining. This was, of course, in Boston Garden, like I've said more than once already. I apologize there. Um, North Stars were booed, booed the heck out (laughs) over and over and over again. Three of the goal, three of the goals scored by the Bruins, ironically, were shorthanded. 
short-handed goals. So it's just the North Stars looked like idiots, unfortunately. It was very frustrating. Overall, 35 attempts for the North Stars to win in Boston Garden. And they yeah, had still came out without a, without a victory. Very unfortunate indeed. So what's really crazy, how, yep, this was a, the 406 penalty minutes lasted for 23 years until March 2004. The Senators and Flyers had 419 penalty minutes. That is, that is insane. So it took it away from the North Stars and Bruins, which is now second place all time in penalty minutes in one single game. Um, I'm going to give credit to On This Day Sports Blogspot.com for the information on this one. So got to cite them. They did help out with this, obviously. You got to get the information somewhere. I can't just, I can't just say it all out of my head. So got to give out credit where it's due. Thank you for that out there. Um, I know they listen. Yeah, they're listening. No, <laughs> doesn't matter. Uh, it'd be nice if they did, but um, thank you very much for this information. Obviously, very, very appropriate for what took place this past week. <laughs> penalty minutes up the yin yang. Surprise, surprise. But I'm sure it wasn't 400 penalty minutes. In fact, it's like you might as well just do, give it a check here. Might as well do a little, do a little check, do a little check. Yeah, I mean, quite a crazy situation that took place the other night. Was it the 18th? Oh my God! I mean, <laughs> um, uh, it's just not exactly the classiest thing in the world. Vancouver, of course. See, there you go. It didn't pay off. Calgary did get a point out of it, but yeah, it didn't pay off. They ended up losing. Seems like the team that wants to. Wants to start a brawl with the other team is the one that ends up losing, and and they did. Good stuff. Good stuff indeed. They continue to try to dig up the total penalty minutes in this one. Yeah, and it doesn't look like any 400 here, but lots of 15s, <laughs> obviously, because it was a lot of fighting. Um, quite crazy indeed. Misconduct, all that stuff. Players ejected. <sighs> it's good times. It sure is. Um, trying to look for the penalty minutes. Here we go. 101 for Calgary, 103 for Vancouver. So that is definitely a far cry from Minnesota, Boston, or, of course, Philadelphia and, what was it, Ottawa, I believe. It was Ottawa and Philadelphia. 204 penalty minutes, so that's still extremely high. It was the Senators and Flyers, yep, which had the world record 419 penalty minutes. Oh, my God. I mean, uh, you might want to Google that one, guys. might want to Google that one. It would be a good idea. So, one hell of a North Stars memory, very appropriate indeed. So, <laughs> uh, so let's briefly check into the Iowa Wild. They're not exactly reigning in the penalty minutes too much down there. Not the most exciting season in Iowa so far. Not not a good start for the Iowa Wild's uh, existence, unfortunately. Yet, um, uh, hey, at, at least they're seeing some cool prospects. I, I just wish they were scoring more. Zach Phillips, one of the main prospects for the Minnesota Wild in Iowa, and part of it is I understandably because a lot of our young guys that could, may have been down there, may have been hot studs down there, are on the wild. Um, Eric Halla was probably the overall best player on that team. He had very productive numbers with 17 points in only 24 games. Very productive player. Hopefully, you could bring that to the NHL. Zach Phillips with only 17 points in 38 games. Jonathan Blum is back down there, being a productive defenseman as he is. Brett Palmer. Not bad. He leads the team in goals with 10. Actually, he doesn't... Yeah. He does lead the team in goals with 10, but only 5 assists to go along with that in 25 games. Um, again, nobody really standing out from the past, unfortunately. Uh, it's like you look at 
Tyler Kuma hurt again. Surprise of the year. Only 20, only 20 games played so far and three assists. Uh, very unfortunate. We'd really like to see a little more out of Tyler Kuma, but he, he can't stay healthy. And when he is healthy, he doesn't really score much. It's just he doesn't really factor in the, any type of offense. Kind of like uh, Keith Ballard so far up, up here, unfortunately, hurt a lot and hasn't really factored in the offense all that much. Um, I, I would not want to call him, uh, compare him to Nate Prosser with the Wild because I don't think Prosser gets hurt a lot and all that stuff. And I don't think he uh, is, is as unproductive for his expectations being Tyler Kuma was a number one pick. And Keith Ballard was a pretty high pick. Was productive for a while with Phoenix, and of course, obviously with Vancouver, had a huge drop-off, and now with the Wild so far, better than Vancouver, but obviously not nearly what he was at Phoenix yet. Hoping things can change. He had some solid games in the past. Um, I actually did forget to give out the awards for the past week, and I do apologize for that. Very, very naughty of me there. Um, so, who gets the Mike Madonna Award? Yeah, it's kind of tough. Uh, it's kind of a tough one. It's like, I'm going to go with Nate Prosser, which is extremely surprising. Two goals at big times. Of course, the overtime winner against Dallas. That was really, really cool to see. And he's played very well. Very exceptional play of late by Nate Prosser. Making a name for himself in this league. He's been in and out of the wild lineup due to being scratched or such. You know, because obviously he's kind of more of a depth guy so far, but again, making a name for himself, benefactor, physical, all that good stuff, and now lighting the lamps twice in two consecutive games there, and the game winner, so Mike Madonna Award to Nate Prosser. Who do I give the, who do I give the James Shepard Memorial to? Um, I'm just going to give it to the, (laughs) well, it's like, I'm going to give it to just how, how the Wild played in the Ottawa game. Just to the team in general for that game. The, the forwards especially, it seemed like, were just... They fell asleep in that game. It was really unimpressive, uninspired. Uh, it's tough to give it to one guy right now because I, I don't really see anybody on the wild really sucking it up out there. They've, they've all been pretty solid for the most part. Um, Keith Ballard, again, not been all that special of late. Uh, Shh. I mean, Cook has been, I mean, it's just, you look at everybody, I'm not really seeing anybody playing poorly. It's just the way the Wild played in general against the Ottawa Senators on Tuesday last week. Very, very uninspired. So there's your James Shepard for that one. They just played like James Shepard that night. Uninspired and complete non-factor. So there it is. We're going to wrap up the show with that. Thank you guys for listening, and we will be back next week for some more Minnesota Wild hockey right here on Brave the Wild. Do tell your friends about the show. Would really appreciate it. And of course, do give us a rating on iTunes if you could. That would be very much appreciated. If you like the show, help us out with that. Thank you very much. We'll be back again next week.